Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. And I saved the day. You did. We start the the recording. There's no little thingy in the back there. You did. You (laughs) saved the backup recording. Well, well, I think well I, I think I nailed it. I said there's no little thing there. Yeah, yeah. the technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your technical, technical acumen over the years. Although it does say that I noticed something. Like, it's not exactly my strong point. <laughs> That's, nobody, exactly, yeah. nobody would argue that. Yeah, so all. we record. I think Bob records in three different ways just to make sure we don't, <laughs> we have something. And even sometimes I still miss all three. But I, I got this one. I yeah, you did well. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Had a great, first of all, the weather's been crazy good here in the Ohio Valley this weekend. We were in the high 60s, even yeah, low 70s. Yeah, low 70s, yeah, it was gorgeous. It was nuts yeah. for the first weekend of March. I was in Colorado this weekend. and Oh, how was the so weather there? It was it was Colorado. It was sunny, and, okay. and one day it was 60. I was only there for about 24 hours, and it was 65. And the next day it was 38 and okay. calling for snow. But you know something? I have to say I was very edified in the number of people that listen to the podcast. I did the event for this parish, and it was an alumni event as well. But the number of people that came up and said that they enjoy it. This one person I was talking to, I said, it's it's kind of, you know, I said, I think Bob and I have more fun doing it than <laughs> And she goes, you know what I appreciate about it? It's just light. She said, there's yeah. so much going on. She said that sometimes you guys are just so silly. So that was great. But I might have met one of our biggest fans, Bob. Oh, and I said to her, I said, you know, all right, you... What, was what, this an adult? Um, no. So I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> Good. So, I mean, she's almost an adult. Let's put it that way. Okay. But uh, I said, okay, I'm, we're, we're going to give you a shout out. What do you want us to talk about? And she said, oh, would you talk about blood? I love it when you talk oh about gosh. blood. Oh, my gosh. Children are cruel. It. I love it. So I said, sure, we'll, twisted. Talk, we'll talk about blood and we're not needles talk and about that blood. kind of thing. We're so not going to do that. There we go. Here's the other thing that was interesting. I was talking to alumni, and they told a story of you in class. It had something to do with tattoos, and you acted like you had a tattoo on your back <laughs> or something like that. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember any of the jokes I tell. Yeah, well... I wish I would have known that before I became president. So yeah, really. Yeah, apparently you didn't have one. No, I don't have tattoos. So those were that was very those involved needles. Yeah, that good point. Good yeah. point. And I and I know I would regret a tattoo if I got it. Like I would just immediate, not immediately, but like a few days later, I'd go. Oh, what a uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, do you? So you don't have an issue with tattoos? No, I'm just afraid of needles and the fires of hell. Yeah. Do you think? The tattoo is going to send you to the fires of hell. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I have a mixed issue with tattoos. Okay, I I would actually this. I would lean towards the meaning behind tattoos. Okay, uh, and I know there are some people that have tattoos that are very meaningful for them. They have deep spiritual meanings for them. I think if you're going to uh, brand your body permanently. You want to be very thoughtful about why you're doing that and what are you doing it with. So, for example, so I'm generally anti-tattoo. Like, just personally, I'm anti-tattoo. Not like I see people with tattoos and I think they're horrible. I just am not a fan of that, and I try not to project my autobiography onto other people. But my three oldest sons, as a brotherly thing, went and got tattoos, and they got our family motto, which was well-researched because we found it on a keychain in an Irish store. But it's a cool motto. It's, um, I got to remember, fides non timet, which is fear, (laughs) fear not faith. And so they got it on their inner bicep. They all got- Fear not faith? 
Or faith, not fear. <laughs> that's, that's right. I knew you something was really wrong with it, that. You tattooed it wrong. Which is <laughs> I a, am a coward is, is what it says story. In, in, in Latin. So they got these tattoos that said uh, fear over, faith over fear in Latin. And that's hard to argue with. And they, they had a cool experience doing that. And they're the three older brothers. And so I think there's there can be positive things about it. But then, you know, somebody that gets a tattoo of Burt Reynolds, I just ask the question, was that really necessary? Um that, anyway, that's my vibe on it. How about it's yourself? Funny. Well, yeah, I, I've got, again, I'm not objectively opposed to it, but it's it's the same type of thing. Why does an individual do it? Do you realize that uh, it's going to be with you the rest of the life? Yeah. One of the things that was funny one time, a student, she was here. And, <laughs> we sound so old right well, now. It, but it's a number of students. I'm amazed at the number of students that have tattoos. It used to be kind of this edgy thing, but it's, right. not, it's really not that edgy anymore. I would actually say it's... Edgy it's, to not I, do it. It's Yeah, I actually yeah. think that it's kind of going away now. Like a few years ago, it felt like every student was getting a tattoo. And now it's almost like enough people have tattoos that students are like, I don't need to get it. Yeah, tattoo. well, in the NBA and some of the major league sports, if you see somebody without, they're all tatted up. I you're mean, shocked. That's, yeah, that's unusual. But yeah, you're shocked. One student, she was getting a tattoo, and I said, you know, just make sure because you may regret it one day. So I got an email from her. Ten years later, and she goes, you're right. I was at a pool with my daughter, and she was asking me why I did it. And, but one of the greatest stories. Yeah, pools and water parks are when you really realize, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, this, this this just went this, out of yeah, control. Yeah. A lot a of skeletons of, holding guns. I'm a buddy sure of mine, the day bad. before he got ordained, he went in and got the smallest. I mean, just the smallest little cross just a, on his shoulder. It looked like just a pen was. Yeah. And his mother was so cute. She goes, you know, John, why couldn't you have been branded in your heart like everybody else? You know, so, yeah, so it's mixed emotions. So kids, if you're listening, don't get tattoos. Don't get tattoos. Don't get tattoos. Do not get tattoos. You heard it here And if first. you have one. Erase it. God loves you. Or, or erase it. Laser, yeah, yeah, laser it out. Which is just awful, I guess. Yeah, I think the uh, famous one was uh, Johnny Depp when he was dating Winona Ryder. You know, got a heart with Winona on it. And then obviously they broke up, so... He tried to get it removed, and it hurt so badly. He just had it say, "It just says wino. I love wino." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and great. he's like, "That's enough for me. I do actually." No, it's like a, It's really funny to Google sometimes. Uh, mistakes, ta- tattoos, tattoo mistakes. mistakes is really really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had a tattoo-free weekend, at least for myself, Good. which was nice. I wouldn't say necessarily for your group, though. I know. Well, it's not uncommon. A lot of households yeah. end up getting um, group tattoos, or at least. What was your household? In, uh, instruments of peace. Is that, is that still around? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No tattoos. No, um, I can't say. It kind of wasn't anybody. a thing. How no, how long no. ago did IOP cease? It started in the mid '80s. We started it, and it went to the mid '90s. Oh, you were a founder. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was great. But yeah. no, I don't. I mean, I can't say that none of the guys have tattoos, but not that I'm aware of. But now that you mention it, maybe so. <laughs> maybe everybody has an IOP tattoo and you just don't know about that's it. That's right. That's right. This weekend uh, was great. I I wasn't in a household when I was at Franciscan. I was a master's student and they really didn't have, at least in the 90s, they didn't have households for master's students. But when I first became a teacher here in 2004, I was asked to be an advisor of a household called Servants of the Savior and uh, reluctant, well, reluctantly agreed. Not everybody, well, I was just thinking, not everybody who listens maybe even knows what a household is. Well, since you founded one, why well, don't you explain it? a household, it's interesting. When Father Mike was elected president in the early 70s, a couple of things that he recognized, that the college freshmen uh, studies at the time said are the loneliest people in the world, and that, and that young people needed community. In fact, this is 
one of the motivating factors that for me with COVID and getting students back as quickly as possible because young people, all, all people need community. So Father Michael started a program called Households. It was a wing of a residence hall. The guys and gals would be together. They'd pray together. They'd do you know athletics, intramurals together, have meals together. It's just an opportunity to be able to share their faith, witness, and hold each other accountable. So that's been going on for nearly 50 years now, and I think it's been one of the greatest blessings to Franciscan University. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And how many of our students are now in households? I don't know, probably 55, 60%. I was going to say, it's a high, yeah, it's a yeah. high percentile. Yeah, yeah. Some people have compared them to Christian fraternities or sororities, um, which I'd say ish, but you know, what's beautiful about each household is they have very, they have different covenants, different charisms, uh, different ways they manifest their spirituality. And, and really it is. Every... Every Saturday on campus, it's, yeah, it's um, cool. they all households celebrate individually something called Lord's Day, uh, welcoming in the Sabbath, and it's a sharing. Does everybody use the same kind of prayers? Vibe? Basically, it's a little you know? bit on to their own, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's really cool. Just everybody on campus is sitting in a circle, passing around bread and wine, yeah, and talking nice. about what they're grateful for and what they're praying for, and it, it really is cool. So I was never involved in that as a student, but I became an advisor and what an incredible blessing it's been on my life. That was back in 2004. Uh, one, somebody told me, like in the household group, like I'm now one of the longest running advisors okay, of okay, a household. Okay. Maybe just because the household has stuck around for yeah, a yeah. bit. But this was our 21st anniversary reunion. Uh, the 20th was postponed because of COVID issues. And it was a small group that came in. Usually the household's about 12 or 15 students every every year. Um but we had just a number of wonderful guys come in. We worshipped. We had some talks. Father Louis Morozny from Haiti we've talked priests. about. Uh, Father, that's how I met Father Louis when he was Louis as a student. Uh, Father Dan Malaco from Virginia Beach was in town. So we have a couple priests. I, I actually realized, um, you know, Servants of the Savior has been such a huge part of my life. And now I'm ordained as a servant. You know, a mm, deacon, is, nice. deacon is servant. So, um, yeah, just, just a blessing to be with brothers to hear the stories, to freak out that some of these guys actually got married and have children. <laughs> like, that's really like, I'm just staring at one of them like, I don't even know how you got married, let alone you have children. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's absolutely crazy. But it's, it is certainly one of the greatest blessings, I think, of Franciscan University and one of the great gifts that Father Michael gave the university. Yeah, and, and I, I think what it speaks is just the necessity for um, community. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the stage of your life. But to be in relationship, that's the reason I joined a community rather than being a diocesan clergy, is that there's just something about being able to share your life and the blessings that that is and, yeah. and the difficulties. I mean, that's one of the things I actually like about households is it helps form men and women in working through conflict and difficulty and difference of opinion and different histories and seeing mm -hmm. the world and to be able to do that with faith. And, and you also realize that just because you've got men and women who, who are trying to love God and trying to be faithful doesn't mean that there aren't problems yes. or struggles or difficulties. So you just continue to work with that. And, and I think my life would be, yeah, it, it, households were just a great blessing in my life. Yeah. yeah so Amen. Praise God. Great. Well, speaking of cool things at Franciscan... This is you. As we've been discussing the last couple of weeks, mm. the seven primary virtues are the four cardinal virtues of fortitude, prudence, justice, and temperance. And the three theological virtues are faith, hope, and... 
Love. There you go. I call these vir- virtues the building blocks of faith, of a life of faith. I don't have my glasses on because I didn't know I was going to read this. <laughs> so if we can get this through this, it's okay. Yeah. And we are all getting to know more about them in the podcast throughout Lent. In addition, every Monday of Lent, I'm making a little video on each virtue. There'll be short videos with a couple of minutes to give us concrete ways to grow in virtue. Find my Lenten video series on virtue on Franciscan University's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram account at at, presi- at Franciscan President. Wait, what is it? At Franciscan oh, President. Oh, Instagram. yeah, nice. Yeah. So... Faith, hope, and charity. Yeah. I actually like charity a little bit better. Okay. We'll get there. We will. I just think, like, love is such a stretched out, has so many meanings to people. You're right. You're right. And I think the word charity compels one into more action. Love can make you, I just feel loving about this mm-hmm. situation. But we're probably getting ahead of ourselves. We'll, we, we are. We will have a podcast on charity. We will. Yeah. So we you're will. doing this every Monday. So in addition to listening to our podcast, you can also – now here's the question yeah. for listeners to the podcast. Are you just saying the same thing on the podcast that you say in the video? Well, the, this can be like I a guess behind, part the, of the difference is you're going to do every other one in the podcast. So I don't know exactly where you're going with it. So from that perspective, it will be a little bit different. But the podcast is always ahead. So we did Fortitude last week, but we're just doing Fortitude this week. So oh, gotcha. the podcast is five days ahead of, nice. of the other things. Oh, so you can so get, get a sneak, sneak preview. preview. Yeah. Sneak preak? Sneak preak. All right. It's a sneak preak. It's yep. the Greek freak yep. of the sneak preak. Oh, Giannis is a really good basketball player. Yes. Basketball is going awesome. It's very exciting in the yeah, NBA in the is. East. Can't wait. Uh, uh, March 30th. March 30th, we are going to see the Cavs versus the Mavericks. Yep. Jared Allen just broke his finger. How do, how do, we, uh, how do they find out about that? The people that want to join us. I'm sure there'll be a podcast right. promo about next it. Week, I next don't week, know. Yeah, we'll next week out. we'll do something about it. Reach out to the Franciscan University alumni. But baseball is still, they're just in deadlock. It's a mess. But, you know, here's this was an interesting thing. I realize that we're going to get on to more substantive issues this morning. One of the players groups are talking about having what they call a shadow win. And what that is is, so in, as in the NBA and baseball, you have a series, best of yes. five, best of seven. Their proposal is whoever, whatever team is the number one seed, they get a shadow win. So if it's a best of seven, they go into the series with a one-game win. Why? Without even playing. I don't know. They don't want as many upsets. They want, which doesn't make <laughs> sense. It's That's one of the things I love that's about it. That's why you cheer for under. I know. Well, then why have playoffs at all? I don't know. Just, the whole just thing say is the just, record is the record. The whole thing the is end of it. Anyway, I, we digress. And they want to ban the shift, which I'm sure you're... You can't believe that. I can't. The, Can you, the banning the shift? shift? Yes. How Which, dare they ban the shift? Oh, I, no, we're in favor of that. I think they should <laughs> ban the shift. No, we actually have mixed emotions about it. Okay, so. can we just explain what the shift is? Well, when certain, it's because, truth be told, so many batters today don't hit very well. Analytics. It's ruining the game. Well, this is a part of an analytic in that they can realize that certain persons always hit to one particular area of the field. So what they're doing is they're moving an individual from one area of the field over to another area of the field. So like the whole right side of the field would be open. And they're saying, no, you shouldn't be able to do that. So it's an interesting question. My point, I, I, I mixed emotions about it. It's like, 
the dude needs to learn to hit. If the if one hit, if, hit in a different place. Yeah, if one of the fields is open, you need to learn to hit it over there. So that's just my personal opinion. But we digress because we were actually talking about Ukraine. So. so as opposed to telling baseball players, why don't you expand your art and shoot and hit the ball in another part of the field? We're going to make a rule to make it easier for you just yeah. to do one thing. No, and that's just it. You know, twenty five years ago, they were better at that. They were better at you know, putting the hip, putting the ball in a certain area of the field, and it just isn't isn't the skill they've got anymore. It's changed a lot. That from that perspective, pitching and batting's changed a lot over the last many years. Right. People just love home runs. That's all they want. That's right. So the home run derby. There you go. Is exciting. Yeah, it it is. It is exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. Um, we want to talk about current issues. Of course, that's a very current issue. Okay, so wait. Good let's job for real, us. Real quick, go to this State of the Union, which we totally biffed last time. <laughs> no, it got edited out. Nobody knows or Nobody that. knows. Well, let's go ahead and tell them. <laughs> we did this whole thing on the State of the Union last week, thinking it was on Wednesday. Yeah, Dave, Dave said it's Wednesday, and let's place a bet on how many congressmen have ashes on their head. And, and as it turns out... N- nope, none it, of them it, did, because it, it was the next day. It was day. Tuesday. It was the day before, right? It was right. Tuesday, so we didn't do anything. Although I was sharing with Bob, the Babylon Bee, which I find really quite funny. They had a two-hour video of a recap of the State of the Union, and all it was was a dumpster fire. Yeah, just for two hours. For two hours. (laughs) I was, uh, so because on the podcast, you know, Father Dave, you mentioned it's on Wednesday. I just, for some reason, implicitly trusted you. So it was Tuesday, and I was actually fixing the TV in my basement, and I turned it on, and there was the State of the Union, and I thought, Mm, today doesn't seem like Wednesday. <laughs> I need to edit that video right yeah, now. Yeah. But so I didn't catch all of it. But what I caught was uh, what you expected. I mean, a little bit. You know, I, I guess I'm just so optimistic. I'm always hoping. There are like some things that I'm like, okay, yeah, let's lower the cost of insulin. You know, like there's oh, you know, it's never a everything that is said is evil and horrible. You know, you don't want to vilify the other side. I mean, I think being what? Catholic, I know, right. <laughs> It's a shocking thing to say in 2022. You know, being Catholic doesn't mean you're Republican or Democrat. It means there's issues on both sides that that you can embrace. And I and I think that's just important as people of faith that if whatever party affiliation you have, if the other party comes up with a good idea, that you say that's a good idea, and you don't feel like you're betraying anything. Like our prescription drugs are so expensive. You know, I have some friends who have diabetes. Is that is it is it not there? There. There's a lot of reasons to it, but go ahead. Oh, maybe I'm yeah, just yeah, naive yeah. to the reasons. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. But, okay. but I think you're absolutely right. I think what you're saying is is key, is that faith is the lens that we look at the world, not yeah. politics, not Republican, not Democrat, right. but being a Catholic, a faithful Catholic Christian is the lens that we use. And and you're absolutely right. I think sometimes we have this this block that just because you have a political party, you're, you're not being faithful or, right. or something like that. And I think that's really, actually, I think that's really important. Yeah. But well, 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 well done, Bobby. Thank you. Gas is over four dollars a gallon, average six dollars yeah. in California. Yeah, you know, here's something else I don't necessarily buy. This gas? is just I, well, I actually buy a lot of gas because yeah. I have a number of cars and children that's that's involved. Um, I don't. This goes and this goes to the Ukraine issue, right? Um, I've not yet been convinced, but I don't look hard into it, and I'm just a professor that lives in suburban Ohio. What do I know about anything? But there seems to be an argument that, well, if if Trump or a Republican was in office, this Ukraine nonsense wouldn't be occurring. I I don't I don't know. I think yeah. that Putin is crazy and I don't you know, we're so American centric that we really think that everything we do would affect the rest of the world. Maybe so, maybe not. Um, 
I mean, and that's, some of those things are just beyond any president or any control of anybody in the United States. I don't well, know what you think about that. Well, but. what I think about is everything is speculative. I mean, yeah, that's the reality exactly is it. Trump isn't president. So people can debate and argue and all these kinds of things, but nobody, nobody knows. I mean, right. Yeah, it's just and that's that's the thing is that some people get on there with with such absolute 100 percent certainty. It's like. I mean, it's ridiculous. Fine, if you want to have a debate and discussion about it, but nobody knows nobody because the knows. reality is, it's is like, he's it's not. It's like when you're a kid and you're like, all right, if Hulk fought yeah, Thor, yeah, like yeah, who exactly. would win in a fight? Or Superman, you know, and it's like, yeah, you can debate and talk about it. It's not actually, it's not but reality. It's, it not, exactly, it's not helping exactly, anything. Exactly. Yeah, Except it stirs up anxiety and anger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, particularly, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasonable things to blame Biden for. I'm not happy with him as a president. Um, watching the State of the Union, there's a few moments I wanted to that that one moment where he's like, "Can we stop having COVID be a political divide?" It's oh, like, yeah, well, that yeah, would be gee, great, yeah, President be, Biden. Yeah, yeah, Does that mean you're going to stop making would, it one? Yeah, I couldn't be believe it. The other I couldn't is, believe it. The other is the you know the head of Congress, the health somebody, a physician in charge of the Congress and the rules and regulations. Yeah. Uh, lifted the mask mandate the morning of the State of the Union. Wasn't that? That, that was perfect, not political. Perfect timing. It was not political. Absolutely perfect 20 minutes timing. earlier, wasn't safe. Now it's safe. Yeah. But we digress. Yeah. yeah. I was actually at a retreat center uh, over that the weekend before, and Monday was the day they were releasing the mask mandate in that state, but the retreat director came and he's like, it's not Monday, so you have to wear the mask. And it's just so like, why not just release it that day? Yeah, like yeah. what? Okay, you know, we think by the week, but hopefully that's just in the rearview mirror. And it, it's, and not just the mask thing. Like, praise God that it's getting to a point where everybody, even with political agendas, are agreeing we're getting through this. Yeah. And thank you, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so here, this was an interesting little update. So I went in the other day to get my antibodies tested because I had COVID about mm-hmm. six, 17 months ago. And I was okay. just, I was just kind of followed to see You're, where my you antibodies were. You were one of the, the cutting edge COVID. I was, I was patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say that, but you know, but, um, you were the monkey in outbreak. So I get a, I, I get a text and it says, Dr. P wants to talk to you. And I said, Oh, great. You know, it's bad news. I don't have any antibodies left. And I'm right. so quite the opposite. What? I mean, like 17,000. Is that and, a lot? It yeah, sounds like a lot. lot. It's, it's, well, what it is, is he said, you've had COVID in the last three to four weeks. Oh. I, I didn't know it. I felt, you know, I've never, we've been together the whole time. Yeah. I've never felt bad or anything like that. He said, somewhere along the line in the last couple of weeks, because I got a, I got tested in late January and it yeah. was negative. So it had to have been after that. Wow. And he said, you, you've, you got Omicron sometime in the last couple of weeks. So your antibodies are through the roof again. Wow. So. It's just it's just a great day. <laughs> it, it, it is a great day. Though certainly we're always mindful, you know, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, uh, we're not trying to take a side on it. It's been a serious thing. People have seriously suffered and lost from it, but we're just rejoicing that it, it seems is, as though it's getting it weaker is, it and weaker. Weak. And yeah, I think it it's, so, it's, it's going to be like the flu, I think. It's just something that every season... We're just going to be sensitive to. There's people who are immunocompromised, yeah, so it's absolutely. not. And, and we need to. I think we we need to manage it that way to yeah. protect those who are vulnerable. But you can't. We can't shut down the country. No, every time somebody. Gets but I'm COVID. happy. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. Like I'm being serious. Like yeah, I actually yeah, I shower in it. <laughs> but I'm serious. Like if yeah. if we become just better at health because of this as mm-hmm. a country. Mm-hmm. That's a nice step forward. I don't, I don't disagree. But right, I think then it's the extremist shit and everything. When are down. the planes going to be able to take off masks? That's a great question. I flew this weekend. Now, it was I, actually, is, is, is it still not? Because I thought 
No, it's a mandate still. But that's a that's a government mandate, it right? It is a federal. Yeah, and but, I think. But when they said the masks off for the State of the Union, that didn't apply no, to no, everything. No, that was just for Congress. Oh, just for the yeah the, for the House. Yeah. Apparently, the federal mandate maybe expires on the fifteenth of March, and the question is, is it going to be renewed? So, right. so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. it is. It does. Even then, you know, I, I was having something to drink on the plane. And I just kind of forgot, and I had it off for probably. 45 minutes and it depends on the flight attendant but they didn't say a word I'm, and the I'm person sure, sitting next to you i'm sure they're so tired of oh it. gosh just, i can't imagine the worst? i can't imagine god bless I mean, any of you that had to enforce thank you things that would be god bless you we, we haven't had to do it for a while thank the lord yeah I, I was at a sporting event and this guy's one job was to walk no, down it's and just say, awful Put your mask it's on. just awful and at some point the guy the, the guy in the stands was yelling at him and you could just see the look on the guy's face like dude it's I don't get paid much to do yeah, this, yeah, but it's yeah. the only thing I, they want me to do. Yeah, like, yeah. my supervisor keeps saying, make sure they get their masks on, because if the camera shows up, you know. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so you know, anyway. We, we were going <clears> to <throat> we were gonna chat just a minute or two. Um, we've done a couple of things on campus for uh, Ukraine. Okay. It was interesting, and, and my guess is your parish did it as well. The bishop invited yes. every parish, every community in Steubenville uh, to make a donation mm-hmm. uh, for the Ukraine. but. We've got we've got a campus in Gaming, Austria, and they're trying to work and help with with refugees. Several of the people that are in the community there are from Ukraine that, that were part of the LCI, which was a language catechetical institute, was in Gaming. But just, I mean, it's it's difficult. You see some of the stories and hear some of the stories. And uh, did you see the one piece where Ukrainian soldiers captured a Russian soldier? They gave him something to eat, and then they let him call his mom on Facetime. Hmm. It was so again, this whole thing is being played out in social media. So this guy's talking, the Russian soldier talking to his mom on FaceTime, and then starts crying. Yeah. It just breaks down. It's just, yeah, it's just the, it's a mess. And and everyone has an opinion on what we should do. You know, should we go right. in with with air power and air support? And well, you feel like we've seen this movie. Yeah, before. yeah, and, yeah. And I don't know but if that's complicated issues. I don't know if yeah. that's the reason to do anything. I mean, I, yeah, it. I would have a difficult time. I mean, war is a failure for humanity, but it's happening and there are innocent people. And, you know, what you're hearing are, you know, serious human rights violations. It is, it's just hard. Like, I'm just glad, I'm really glad that no one's, I have no authority over any decision I make, but I don't want to be. I mean, those are, those are, those are the questions that if, if the United States get more involved it's obviously going to escalate, right? And and if it escalates, how many more people will die, right? And will it, you know, if it escalates, will it go into Poland? Will it go right. into some of the neighboring countries? So, what is, yeah, what is the responsibility? How can the United States, because we do have, you know, the ability to help? What is our responsibility as a country and as a nation? I don't know. It's it's just really it's really difficult. Well, and the the most compelling argument that I hear in terms of we should be in there is to say, we know it's going to escalate. Like we know this, I mean, we don't by the way, but this is the argument. Like we've seen this pattern in history and let's nip it in the bud. You know, who wouldn't want to go back in time and stop Hitler a little bit earlier or stop Stalin a little bit earlier. And what indicator do we have with this thing that he's going to get to the border of the Ukraine and be like, that's that's all I wanted. That's all I ever wanted, really. Yeah. I'm going to be satisfied now. And so even though you argue, well, we don't want to get into war. We don't want to lose more lives. The statement is, 
that's going to happen anyway for some. The, yeah, the feeling yeah, yeah. of like, this is going to happen anyway. Let's get in there and at least save Ukrainians before we're now talking about saving the Poles, Poles and the Romanians. or another, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, another group. And, and I have no answers for such things except I just keep praying. Again, I'm, I just remind myself I'm just a professor in suburban Ohio and I don't, I don't know much things. And you know what? Surprisingly, the news I get might not be the full story. Yeah. And it does, things, it does, there is still even, heartbreaking. Honestly, even as you're going, we're talking about it, there's almost this like kind of this burden of helplessness. Yeah. You know, and, and the reality is, is, is you and I, we can help some, you know, mm-hmm. we can help some of these organizations. And that's where I encourage people, there are all kinds of organizations. And be careful about how, who you support and what kind of money you give because some of them are better than others. That's why I like yeah. what we've been doing. We know it's very targeted going to people that we know. So there is some things that we can do to help out the refugees. Uh, we can pray. We can fast. We can do rosaries. And, and I don't dismiss that. All of that's really important related to policy and how we should move forward that I just don't know. So yeah. we just continue to pray. Yeah, we just continue to pray. Is there a particular, just as you said that, maybe some of our listeners are thinking, I'd, I'd really like to make sure my money goes to the right place yeah. or particularly Catholic organizations. Is there anybody specifically that... We just put out a link, that uh, maybe it was on Friday, on a couple of groups that we're using. So I, I don't know, we always talk about putting in a link. So if we don't do it this week, if there's not a link the next week when we come to the podcast... I'll have the address and stuff where people can give to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be fantastic. Cool. So um, so our prayers continue for those in the Ukraine and those in the world. And now we get to talk about our virtues, which I think ties in because actually uh, part of what everybody is trying to do in their response to this is to be virtuous. Virtuous and specifically to be prudent. Um, and that's the virtue I get to talk about. Woo-woo. I even have notes. It's so exciting. All right, so when we talk about the virtue of prudence, by the way, do you know what a cardinal virtue is? You know what cardinal means? The bird. The, that's what you told us last time. Apparent, well, and that's not wrong. Okay. Just for the record, that is not incorrect. However, apparently the cardinal virtue was not in reference to a bird. Okay. And I only got about seven texts, 10 emails, and a few YouTube posts from people. But the winner goes to Emily who are, her name used to be Mislin, but I just can't keep up with things, um, who is a uh, religious ed teacher, and she told me that cardinal means hinge. Okay. And that's the idea. These are uh, hinges on which our, our lives uh, live, and that's where we get the word cardinal. Cool. From. And just to bear in mind, I think we probably mentioned it last time, is that the cardinal virtues opposed to the theological virtues, we can grow in our cardinal virtues by making a decision and an act of the will. The others yes. are infused by grace, but the cardinal virtues, we can make a decision. I'm going to be more, have greater fortitude. And, yeah. and by making that decision, by practicing it, use the image last week. I thought that was really good. Of It's like strengthening muscles yeah. and we get stronger. So there is a difference between the cardinal and the theological virtues. And they feed on each other. It's like a hybrid car. Absolutely. It, well, okay. I, well, no, I like the, the electricity helps the gas and the gas helps the electricity. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Thank you, Elon. Um, <laughs> so, but what I was going to say is, I don't know what I was going to say because I lost you with the whole Prius reference. So yeah. go ahead. Okay, great. So uh, today we're talking about prudence. And I just want to read a scripture um, that I think really captures prudence. It's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 and following. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rains fell, the floods came, 
and the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it didn't collapse. It had been solidly set solidly on rock. But those who listen to these words of mine but does not act on them would be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house. It was collapsed and completely ruined. And that's actually not the scripture I meant to read. That's it's not a bad it's not a bad. Scripture. It's a great scripture. No, I was trying to find the one about the house. Well, I guess that's well, the kind very of it. beginning. The doing the will. That one was. That's I thought it. that's where you're going with it. And that's what I am. Yeah, that's right. exactly what I'm doing with it. So maybe I just read a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, but it is this idea. The other the other scripture I was trying to think of um, was the one like if you if an army is coming towards you and you see they've got a hundred thousand yeah, yeah, people yeah. and you've got ten thousand people, eh, maybe you want to talk this through, you know, with them. Um, Prudence is, uh, as the Catechism says, it's the virtue that disposes practical reason, and this goes back to what you're saying. The cardinal virtues are are human in that sense. Practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and choose the right means of achieving it. That's the fancy definition of it, but let me just kind of break that down at least into to what it means, uh, well, what it means for me. Uh, the idea that, um, it, you know, another line of prudence is it's the charioteer of all the virtues. Mm. So it, it pulls all the virtues together, and it really helps you, like, take a realistic look at the situation and say, what is the right thing to do in this? Uh, what is the true good, and how might I accomplish the true good? Uh, it keeps us from maybe, you know, maybe an example of not being prudent would be being overzealous, you know, like you're so excited about something or you're so passionate about something that you're going to let that take over. And uh, again, that vision of prudence being the charioteer, it's like, okay, we got to rein you in, boy. Like, hold mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you want to do this, but that might not, and you might be justified or whatever. That might not be the right time to do it. And that's if you're heading towards virtue. Now, you could also be heading towards vice, you know, and it can just also pull you back and say, whoa, boy. Mm-hmm. Let's try to let's try to let's try to think about this, and it's a very rational virtue. It, it tries to like say, let's see the big picture, let's know what the good is, let's make the right decision in this. Um, oh, and actually, it was Thomas Aquinas that called it the charioteer of the virtue. It guides other virtues by setting rule and measure. It is prudence that immediately judges the judgment of conscience. I'm back to reading the Catechism, 1806, by the way. The prudent man determines and directs his conduct in accordance with this judgment. With the help of this virtue, we apply moral principles to particular cases without error and overcome doubts about the good to achieve and the evil to avoid. And, And that's actually why I was thinking it, like this whole question of what should we do in the Ukraine it's a question of prudence. Pray for prudence. Right? You know, it's like, okay, well, this is what we know is wrong. This is what's happening. Here's the consequences of either thing. And that is founded, of course, on the conscience that's given to us through Jesus Christ. Like we want to look at things through the lens of faith. And uh, we want to, I mean, prudence almost, you know, there was a, a fad. It's still around what would Jesus do? But there's a level to which our decisions that we make, we're trying to make them with the mind of Christ. Right, right. You know, and, and what would the right thing be to do in this situation? Yeah, I was, I was kind of chuckle about that because we know what Jesus would do. The question is, is what are we going to do? And, and, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's really what prudence, where prudence comes in is it, it governs, right? It governs our choices. Some people, I mean, on a very basic level, it's common sense. It's good mm-hmm. Christian common sense. But I think that, that what you were going is really important, Bob, is that 
So oftentimes in the spiritual life, rightly so, we focus on our actions. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But if our mind begins to change, then then our lives really begin to change. An image that I've used, it's, it's almost like a dry alcoholic. You know, mm. somebody who's an alcoholic and they don't drink anymore, but their behavior is exactly the same. And the, and the underlying, you know, problems or struggles are still there. They're just not drinking. Well, there's a conflict that exists if if we just stop again there's it's good that we stop sinning you know that's right but but always our, a win right 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 but when our mind begins to change it's not just our action but what's motivating our actions what's causing our actions what's what's illuminating our actions begins to change and that's when the whole person experiences this conversion that the Lord has invited us to. And prudence is at the heart of that. It governs our choices, our decisions. There was I think it was George Bush you're not going to be prudent, not going to do it. And everyone you just kind of <laughs> wouldn't made, be prudent, wouldn't yeah. be prudent, made fun of him because we don't use the word prudent. Right. Right. And yet I think, I think we well, should. And in, and for some it's a slang, Oh, you're such a prude, you know, which is usually a slang to somebody that's not willing to party, do, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. do overly vice driven things. But that's actually true. It's somebody saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at the situation and I'm not going to do the wrong. Right. And maybe I'll even err on the side of caution because that would be more of a prudent, prudent choice, yeah. choice to to make. And so you don't want to just make it, though, that, oh, it's erring on the side of caution. There's so much more richness to the idea of prudence. Right. I was thinking about why are we talking about this in Lent and how might it specifically tie into Lent? And part of it, I think, was even in our discernment of fasting for Lent. Like what is the what is a prudent thing to fast? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to go too crazy. Maybe some of you are thinking, you know what? I'm a week into Lent. I wasn't prudent in my fasting choices. <laughs> well, the, I'm, I'm getting angry. I'm getting mad. You know, um, or the other thing with it, which is just total, you know, slothful. slothful. Well, I often tell the students, you know, that as a student and, and you know, busy moms, mm-hmm. you know, working all the time, just running around, it's not a good idea to go without food. Yeah. You know, so you're fast. It's just not a generally. Yeah, sure. Generally, that's just not a prudent choice to just go without food because you have responsibilities and your body needs that. So I think that's a really, really good example is that and, and that's where prudence against guides our choices that, yeah. that sometimes we're impulsive or sometimes we're fearful or sometimes we think because it's bigger, it's better. Well, that's not necessarily the case. So the prudence helps us make good choices. I like what the cat, another line in the catechism about it. It says it's not to be confused with timidity or fear, nor with duplicity or dissimulation. Mm. That I because that that can be the concern of, of a prudent choice. Oh, you know, you're afraid. Oh, you're not making this you're not doing what seems to be the obvious right thing because you're scared of it. Right. And the catechism in this level of virtue is to say, you know, being quick to the trigger with everything isn't always the best way to go. Absolutely. And um you know, we just need to we just need to think prudently about what the Lord is calling us to do and how we might act. Sometimes that means patience. I I think of a situation I was in uh, just the past few days, and I thought, oh, this is prudence. Which was um, a kid of mine did something that really really upset me, and I really wanted to let this child know how very very upset I was. Uh, prudently. I went upstairs and prayed about it, mm-hmm. and prudently, and because I knew my wife was also going to be upset about this particular action, 
this this just applies to my life and Jenny later mm-hmm. agreed we were just about to have the household reunion people were just showing up at the door like all these things were going on and my wife was so focused on hospitality and these guests that we had in the house my emotion was I need to pull her aside and say you're not going to believe this and I and I felt the lord say you know what wait you, you can deal with this tomorrow when people aren't around you know like mm-hmm. you can you can, it's okay. Like the situation isn't going anywhere. There's nothing immediate to do. No one's in any immediate danger. This was something I found out that actually happened a few weeks ago. So it's okay. Like take a breath. That's great. Talk to Jenny about it later. And and that's, I think, an example of that charioteer. Like my horse really wanted to, and I was righteous and it was good. I mean, Mm -hmm. nothing, hey, I could have blasted and got mad and all those things. I had every justification to do so. And prudence pulled the rein back. And I was able to deal with it more prudently, moderately, calmer conversation. And that's what I think you know. one of the things that's important is that the virtue is, con- they, they are concrete. They're not just ideas, but yeah. they're concrete. They're they lived out like that. So when we're thinking concretely, that's just a perfect example. Another thing is, is first off to pray for it, to pray yeah. that, that our minds be renewed, that we be, we're able to think more like the Lord thinks. And then you, you have 50 choices a day, you know, decisions a day. So just, you can't like, don't go crazy like, okay, what's the most, just pray, give your mind to the Lord, and then just do your best to make choices. Now, that's where I think the examination of conscience is important at the mm-hmm. end of the day, is that you, you're able to look back and say, you know, maybe I could have dealt with that one different. So concretely, do the best you can to make choices, pray that you can have the mind of Christ, and then at the end of the day, reflect a little bit, you know, what could I have done differently? Amen. 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 Well, you, let's pray for that right now. Good. Why don't you close us with prayer? Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for all the things that are going on in our lives and in this season of Lent. We continue to pray for the leaders of the world to have the virtue of prudence and to exercise that. We pray in our own lives that we might have your mind, Jesus, uh, that you would help us make the right decisions using the right reason that you've given us. Most importantly, Lord God, help us just draw closer to your sacred heart uh, in this season of Lent and conform us uh, conform our hearts to your will, that everything we do might be pleasing to you. May uh, Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless, Bob. Hey, thank you, Father Dave. And thank you all for listening. Stories of hope, prayer requests. You can send them to us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Giddy up.